Blog Talk Radio. Chicago Mass Choir, hold on to God's unchanging hands. Yes, indeed, God bless you. You're listening to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. As I promise you, we have none other than the man of God himself. I told you that he will be with us this morning, and we are so glad that you tune in. 
<clears throat> excuse me, we want to give a shout out to China, Africa, Russia, England, this United States, Pakistan, Israel, all the countries around the world. We want to acknowledge you and we want to say God bless you. We're going to start off by having a unity prayer, a corporate prayer, so we could come on one accord and we bind up the hand of the adversary from coming in and we pray over the international airways that people from every country, every city, every community and nation who want to tune in is able to uh, get us today, break bread of fellowship, and receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God said where there's two or three are gathered, he's in the midst. So we ask right now that the Holy Spirit come in the midst of us, saturate us, engulf us, cover us, and give us a fresh, a fresh anointing from on high. And we touch and agree right now with the airways. We touch and agree with the phone wires, the TV, the satellite. We bind up anything that's not like God, and we release it, release it in the Holy Spirit that his will will be done. God bless you. Excuse me this morning. I'm just so excited. As I told you, we're going to have Reverend Ray Lucas with us this morning. Let's check to see if he's with us. Reverend Lucas, Good morning, ma'am. Good morning. Glad to be here. Another day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice in it. Uh-oh, I hear you getting stirred up this morning. <laughs> yes, indeed, I hear it already. That is so good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We enjoyed listening to you. People have asked me about you. They were curious uh, just to get information, say, who is this man of God that comes on the radio? They always recognize you by your voice. <laughs> Let me ask you something. That voice that you have, can you sing? Um, I have sang a few songs in the past. I don't declare myself a singer, and I don't know why they listen. But for some strange reason, God allows them to hear me just a little while. All but right, I, then. You know, I tell you, I enjoy it so much, you know, I since, you know, the pandemic came about, we don't get to sing in church like we used to because everything had to be monitored. But I used to love to sing God's word. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Well, that's good because I want to hear a little sample this morning. Come on, Reverend Lucas. Oh, my Lord. Yes. I mean, just <laughs> you know, a little something. I kind of curious. God has blessed you with that voice. It's so unique and distinguished. So let me hear a little something here in our radio audience so we can wake up this morning. Give us a little something, something. Come on. You know, I, usually I have my choir with me, <laughs> and I don't have them right uh-huh. now. And you put me on a spot. <laughs> but, you know, I sit back there. It, it, it makes me wonder. When you sit back and you think about when you were a child, and the first thing, the first song that you ever learned, be it a toddler or just a young child of God. And if you sit back and you ponder on it, the word says, G, D, 
Jesus loves me. This, this I know. Oh, the Bible tells, tells me so. Ah, don't get yes. me started. I, 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 just, I love it. <laughs> you, <laughs> yes. you know, when you sit back and you think about the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living and where he's brought you from, my Lord, he's been with you, carrying you the whole way. But oftentimes, we look above, we look beyond, and think that we've done something on our own. Our Lord and Savior has been with us every day. What a blessing. What a blessing it is. What a blessing. Yes, we are so glad to have you. So I'm going to ask you some questions since people are asking me about you and your uniqueness of voice. Um, what is your full name? My full name is Raymond O'Neill Lucas Sr. And you go by Reverend Lucas, correct? Yes, yes. And what's the name of your church? Lyles, L-Y-L-L-E-S, Lyles Chapel Baptist Church in Haynesville, Virginia. Okay, never heard of that part of Virginia. What makes that area so special? Never heard of that one. You know, it's um, it's on the northern net, the peninsula in Virginia. Um, it's just an old country road, an old country town. And the thing about it, everyone knows everyone. And the old church that I grew up in is the same old church that I go to right now. And it makes you, it's a unique thing because oftentimes we get caught up. But every time I walk into that old church, I can feel the spirit walking beside me. And it's nothing like being at home in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when you know you go there and the Spirit meets you at the door, it's nothing like being in that old wooden church. My Lord, my Lord. Wow, that sounds so nice. So what's your mother's name? My mother's name is Edna, Edna Lucas. She's my rock, my rock and my anchor. Is she listening this morning? Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Good morning, um, Mother <laughs> Lucas. How are you? Good morning to you. <laughs> Do you have yeah, a- She is so shy. I can see her right now, you know, grinning and uh, rocking back and forth in her chair. <laughs> Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have sisters. Yes, I have one younger sister. And uh, one, two, three older sisters. What's their name? Yes. Oh, I have uh, Connie. She's a Thompson. Lois. She's Lucas. And Vivian. She's a Davis. Yes. Love them to death. Love them to death. Are you the oldest one or the youngest? I am the, let me see, I'm next to the youngest. Everyone's older than me, but my. My youngest sister, we're a year apart, 
And oftentimes people thought we were twins because of how we carried ourselves. Um, One always answers the other's sentences. It's been that way my entire life. So you're the baby boy. I know you spoiled Reverend Lucas. Um, Yes, I am. I'll be the first one to admit it. Yes, I am. Beyond belief. Beyond belief. <laughs> well, tell us some about you. They had to take care of me. Well, tell us some about um, you. What school you went to? Um, I understand you went to uh, get your ordination license. So just tell us about your background, and then I ask you the clergy information. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, I, I grew up uh, right here in Gainesville, in Warsaw, Virginia, and um, I went to school at Rappahannock High School. Um, and when I graduated, I had such a large class. It was 53, 53 people graduating that year. That tells you how big the school was. Now, but it's a blessing being in the country that I want to say that southern setting and everyone looked out for everyone. And when we grew up, you know, oftentimes you think that you're, you're rich. Because as a child, everything you ask for, your parents do their best to give it to you. They looked beyond whatever we needed and, and got us what we wanted. And it was a blessing. Yeah. It truly was. It truly was. Well, what about the food mother, down there? Since you're from Virginia. Oh. My gosh. Can your mother cook? Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, yes, she can. Um, and I will call it a blessing on those days that my mother will be 84 this year. Congratulations, Mother Lucas. I'm here to tell you. And if you want to see someone smile, when she calls and says, I made dinner for you, oh, my gosh. And that's an amusement. It's being, oh, you can't, you can't, it's beyond belief, beyond belief, because it still warms my soul just to eat my mother's cooking. And see, here in the Northern Neck, we have seafood everywhere, everywhere. You can't throw a rock without hitting water one way or another. So you had that Southern soul food, and then you have the seafood to cap it off. Um, it's a blessing. It, it truly is. What's it your favorite is. dish? A soft crab sandwich. A oh. what? And, oh, a soft crab sandwich. Oh, my gosh. Every year I treat myself on my birthday to a soft crab sandwich. I have to have it. It's tradition <laughs> for me. I have to have it. <laughs> is it jumbo crab meat? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now you're going to have me craving that for the rest of the day. <laughs> and what do you top it off with, some lemonade or iced tea? Iced tea. Ooh, I'll make them all hungry, tea. too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to college or a seminary? Can you tell us about your training? And, and see, this is the thing. You know, you know um, growing up back then, you had an option. You worked at some sort of factory. You either went to college or you went to the military. So me, 
my sisters and my mom said, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So I said, you know what? I'm going to go the easy route. I'm going to go to the military. So I left and I went to the Army. And then I had a medical discharge because I had fallen notches in my feet. So I came home and then I sat back and I, I got a job. I was blessed. I worked for the, uh, the U.S. Senate for 21 years in Washington, D.C. But while I was going there, you know, God kept calling me. And I would run for dear life. I mean it. I would run for dear life. Well, hold on before we get there. I want to know about you working at the U.S. Senate. So what did you do? How was that, being around politicians like that? It was um, a life lesson. I started when I was uh, almost 19 when I started working up there. And uh, they actually paid me to play basketball. That's what they hired me for. The Senate had a basketball team, and they hired me in the mailroom. And I didn't even know what was going on. I was just so blessed to have a job. So then once I got there, they shut down the basketball league that they had up there, and I started working in the mailroom. I went from the mailroom to an archival technician. So for 20-odd years, I kept all of the dirty laundry. Everything that happened that did not need to get out or everything that was top secret, everything that needed a clearance, I sat back and archived it and put it away where it could not be opened for 50 years. They would have secret documents for 50 years that you couldn't give information. Sound like CIA to me. It was close. It was very close. But it was a learning experience. You know, I got to meet people that, um, and I took it for granted. You meet people that you normally would not meet, senators here and senators there. I, you know, I I worked with the ex-presidents, the whole nine yards, because they all came through there. You know, it was uh, was amazing. I've I've seen the, the, the Clintons. In fact, I was invited to the inaugural ball. Um, I've seen the Obamas of the world. Um, And they will rock your soul with their intelligence and at the same time the way way they carried themselves. It was a a learning. That was my first, quote, unquote, college of life. And I learned a lot uh, by looking at how other people carried themselves and how they lived. And how oftentimes we overlook the little things in life. It was humbling. It really was. It was humbling. So because you worked at the clearance office and you deal with top secret information, how did that, because I'm going to get back to this basketball, but how did that prepare you? I understand that you are a warden now at a, a detention center. Actually, yes. I'm the watch commander at a detention center right now. Um, when... And oftentimes people look at things and you look at the TV and you believe what everyone tells you and it's all negative. Where we work at the detention facility, we give illegal immigrants an opportunity to get all of their proper paperwork so they can stay in country. Now, for some, 
they've done so much that they can't. They have to be deported. But at the same time, everything has to be processed. Um, and we just detain them, take care of them, make sure they have all of their needs. And be it they get, you know, bonded out or they have to be deported. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's that, you, you know, we're from the, the Senate, you know, a bit around the president. You got the CIA clearance, and now the federal government where you can deport people. <laughs> I got to watch how I talk to you. I don't want to be deported. Oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so let me ask you it's so Why did they have you to play basketball? What's your height? I am about 6'3". Um, and see, the thing about it, you know, um, I was bright-eyed, bushy, 18 years old, 18 years old. So the only thing that I could possibly put on a resume was the fact that I graduated high school and I had went in the Army and come out. Now, the only thing on the resume is what, what can you put? Your grades in high school, so I said the activities, I put basketball, where it just so happened they were starting up this league. Now, you would have the senator's team. You would have the House of Representatives had a team. You had the Supreme Court had a team. Everything on Capitol Hill, they had a team. Capitol Hill team. have a basketball team? They did. They did. It was their own little league on Capitol Hill back then. Wow. So they needed a player. So it just so happens, you know, I went up there and I said, I'm going to find a job. So I put my best suit on, and I had a whole folder full of resumes. And I'll tell you how bad it was. My whole itinerary was one page. One page. That was everything that I had. <laughs> one page. Yeah. So <laughs> I wow. went from the Library of Congress to the Supreme Court to the House of Representatives. I was not going to stop until I got a job. Because I figured, I can do this. The little country boy from Haynesville, Virginia, I can do this. So, you know, I kept on going, and I went to the Senate, and I did the same thing, and I left and went home. And it just so happens, three days later, they called me in for an interview. You wasn't scared because, I mean, this FBI, CIA, Senate, (laughs) politician, president, I mean, you got to get oval clearance and all this stuff. I mean, you behind the scenes. You wasn't afraid. Look, at 18 years old, all I wanted was a job. I never even thought about the consequences or how big things were. I wanted a job. That was it. So, you know, I'm like, kidding you. So when they called me, I had to put that same suit back on. It was the only one I had at the time. And I went back up there for my interview. And I was like, oh, Lord, what kind of questions are they going to ask me? So they were sitting back. I was talking to the, the guy, and I'm sitting back, and, you know, I got anticipation of what he's going to ask me. And all he could ask me about was, so you play ball. I said, I, I play a little bit. Yes, I played. And, and what position did you play? And I told him. He said, were you any good? I said, well, I think I could hold my own. He said, well, when can you start? I said, excuse me? So he told me, you know, when I could start, when practice was the whole nine yards. And I was like, okay, if this is what you want me to do, this is what I'm going to do. Wow. And the thing about it, yes, 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 God opens doors that we don't even see. And he was doing it back then. It I'm was just truly amazing. 
I'm just in awe that they play, pay you to play basketball and they have but the disbelief in politics at the old. This is the deal. Oh my God. Yes. So who see, this is play? the deal. So, so like the, the this is the thing, Chief. They they would sit back there. Now my official title was the mail room. <laughs> I didn't know where the mail room was for the first three days, but I could tell you where basketball practice was at. See, so they couldn't sit back and tell you, you I'm hiring you to play basketball. You are officially a mailroom clerk. That was my official title. Didn't know where stamps were, didn't know where envelopes were, didn't know anything. This is <laughs> well, I'm gonna make you laugh. That's how the CIA is. That you don't know. My girlfriend, she's she works for the CIA and she works for customs. And she said that when she go to work, she don't know if she's going to be in Peru, Brazil, America. Oh, yeah. All she knows oh, is yeah. that it's top secret. She's out of there. That's right. That is so they give you your marching orders. and Yeah, they give you your marching orders, and you just put your head down, take a deep breath, and you go for it. That's all you can do. Well, how do you like just what? like life? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said, isn't that just like life, though? Wow. You have to take a deep breath. Put your head down and just move forward. Wow. It's always going to be better. Well, I'm, I'm curious. Because you work with the presidents, vice president, politicians, and all of that, government officials, were you um, invited to run for politics or did they want you no, to do Well, you know, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I I I am always been a loner, off to myself. I always wanted to sit in the back of the room. I've never been that one that wanted to be in the forefront. So you know, as far as that was concerned, I would have ran back down the country as fast as I could if they'd even asked me. Or you know, but no, um, that's a whole different level. Um, you and just like everything in life, don't get me wrong. When it comes to the politicians, a lot of them mean well. They really do. But when you get into a system where some people have their own agenda, it's hard to stay focused. And that's with everything in life. Stay grounded. Remember your purpose and what you're there for. And that's with everything, be it on Capitol Hill or anywhere else in life. Remember your purpose. Remember your reason that God has put you there. Doesn't the Bible say there's a season to sow? There's a season to reap. There's a season for everything. Remember your reason. Remember the season. Put your head down and move forward. Wow. That's life. That's life. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. So the jobs that you have being in this political field, how has it helped you with the job that you do as a ward now, as a lieutenant? How um, has that helped you? Um, actually, it turns you into a people person. You sit back and you listen to other individuals' problems. You try to help them in the correct way of doing things instead of acting irrational, doing things out of order. Everything has an order. So it did help me. You, you sit back and you listen. 
you listen at first, and then you tell then the worst thing they can tell you if you actually stop and think about it. Oftentimes, people will give you their opinion, whether you ask for it or not. So the thing is, is when they ask you, now you've opened up the door for me to help you. Help me help you. All you have to do is sit back and listen. And once you listen to their individual problems, and then you sit back and say, what can I do to assist you or guide you in the right direction? That's it. Well, about how many people is in your detention center? Well, I call it. Right now, it's about, I would say, 200, about 200 right now. Is it all over the country or just in the Virginia area? This particular facility that I work at is um, just in Virginia, but you have them all over the country, all over the country. Um, is a branch of, like, Homeland Security. So you have your, that you have deviants. You have individuals that they needed to be deported. You have individuals that's been here for 30 years, and for 30 years they never knew how the system worked. So they never got the proper paperwork. They have families here, the whole nine yards. They're doing their best. But they could have just got caught up in a traffic stop. Now they found out that you're illegal. Now it's possible that you can get deported. So people like that, you want to try to help them as much as you possibly can. You have all kinds of walks of life, all kinds, heights, sizes, short, tall, fat, or small. Everybody has their own individual problems. And you try to help those that you can. But they're from all walks of life. We have people there, be it from Russia, China, Ethiopia, Africa. I talked to an individual yesterday from Cameroon, and he's about to go home. You have all walks of life. But you know the common denominator? I've yet to find one who didn't call on Jesus Christ. Not one. Wow. The common common denominator. Wow. The common denominator. Well, since we're in that direction, did you go to Bible college or seminary? Because I understand you ordained as a reverend. Can you tell us about religious? I went to, yes, I, I was working the entire time, and I said I have to do something. I'm tired of running from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I start going to the Virginia University of Lynchburg. I went there for a couple of years. What is it called? I couldn't hear your voice faded out. The, I'm, I'm sorry. The Virginia University of Lynchburg. I went there for a couple of years, and then I transferred to the University of Lynchburg. And uh, it was, uh, oh, I tell you, when you really want to peel an onion, getting to the Bible, that onion never stops, never stops. But it was so helpful. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. And, you know, um, I can't, you can't talk to me enough about our Lord and Savior. You know, you really can't. And I was preaching the word. I've been preaching the word for about, oh, at least 10 years. And I said, okay, it's time. 
thought God ordained. Um, I haven't looked back. Uh, God has blessed me so much. And I understand that you're like one of the, for lack of a a better word, itinerant pastor or standing pastor at your church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I share the load with uh, a Reverend Bailey, a lover to death. She's married to my cousin, actually, and she is a committed woman of God. It's it's truly a blessing. It really is. So we share the load, and um, it's a good load. It's a good, it's a good. You sound like you're the pastor of that church, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Sound like they're trying to uh, usher you in to be the pastor. (laughs) But you know what? Um, That opportunity arose, but at the same time, and when I do something, I'm going to do it 100%. And because of my job duties, I still can't retire for another two years. And then, I can focus all everything on the church. So it's unfair for me to take over the church when you can't be there but two Sundays out of the month. That's and then that you work with Homeland Security and the yes, government, yes, the yes, politician, yes. the president, and all the, look, the CIA, they may not want you to retire yeah. in two years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you don't really know. I tell you what. I tell you what, on that day, on that day, <laughs> old country boy coming home on that day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You have such an awesome background. Thank you so much for being a part of, with us on the Fivefold Ministry and give us, giving us your time once a month as you can, you know, to come in to teach and preach the Word of God. So you have a whole hour. It's 9 o'clock. We're going to record the broadcast. We want you to uh, do the prayer. Give us the word that God has given you. And if you could close out with salvation. And we'd like to do communion today. You think you're up to giving us communion? I believe I can do that. I I see why the government hired you. (laughs) And I'm not going to ask, are you legally bonded to carry a gun, too? I know you are. Yes, ma'am. Ah! Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Country boy with a loaded gun. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, my loaded gun is my rock and my shield, my Bible at my side. Go That's ahead. the only ammo that I need. <laughs> Go ahead. So you take the Bible over a gun. There it is, Revolution. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All right with oh, me. Yeah. Mother Lucas, I love it. Your son said that his gun is his Bible. Uh-oh. That's right. That's right. That's right. So God bless you. I'm, I'm going to go back and get 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 you back in a sermonic hymn. I'm going to play that song again, and when it ends out, then I'm going to turn it over to you that you got to hold the whole time to do your broadcast. Thank you for giving us the information today and being our guest today. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. Yeah, so I'm going to start it back off with that good song. For those of you who are just tuning in, we have uh, Reverend Ray Lucas with us, Reverend Raymond Lucas. He's been such a blessing. Coming out of Virginia, he has Mother Lucas on the phone, and we just had an introduction for those who was curious about him being an awesome speaker and singer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going to listen to Chicago Mass Choir, after which you will hear the preach word 
from Reverend Raymond Lucas, and God bless you. Amen.
And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And verse 62 reads, But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. My message today, don't look back. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Father God, touch me this morning, Father God. Use me, Lord, that I may help somebody, somebody's lost soul, some trials or tribulations in someone's life. Lead me, Lord, that I may touch some father's child, some mother's boy, to ask what must I do to be saved. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Now, here we have Jesus. Jesus talking to a certain scribe and others following who were amongst his disciples. And they were saying that they wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus was telling them in a roundabout way that you don't realize what you are asking. Jesus was telling them that they have to be committed. Be committed and stay focused. And oftentimes we want to live our lives for Christ, but the word keeps pulling. And it pulls us back down those old paths that we thought that we were done with. You can be minding your business, and as the old folk used to say, bad news will beat you home. See, regardless of how hard you try, there's always going to be troubles calling on you in one direction or another. You do your best and keep on walking on the road with Jesus. And we've all heard that saying, misery loves company. See, sometimes we, we as a people, We are our biggest problems. 
regardless of where we are right now in our lives, we have a tendency to look back from where we came, from where and and what we've done. And we think that we are not worthy, or better yet, we get stuck on what we used to do. See, first of all, that's your past. That's not who you are right now. Let your past go. Don't hold on to it. See, let man, let man hold on to it for you. Man will hold on to your past. If you don't believe me, just ask. Do you remember what brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so did back in the day? Trust me, they'll tell you. If you allow them to, man will ride your back. But in the words of Martin Luther King, a man can't ride your back unless it's bent. Keep that in mind. Don't worry about man. The Bible says in Job 4.8, As I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. You live your life for Christ and let the Savior, let Jesus take care of the rest. Jesus says, if your hand is on the plow, you can't plow a straight row because you're too busy looking back. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. See, let your past be just that, your past. Get on the road with Christ and and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep saying, I'm on my way, Lord. You hold on to God's unchanging hand. See, from time to time, troubles may come calm. Don't worry about the trouble. You just keep thinking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, you can't talk to me enough about Jesus. I'm not going to focus on my troubles. I'm going to focus on my Savior. I'm not going to worry about what sister so-and-so said or or brother so-and-so said. I'm going to keep my eye on my Savior. You can't talk to me enough about Jesus. You can never tell me enough how he turned water into wine. You can never tell me enough how demons tremble at the sound of his voice. You can never tell me enough 
and how they cower at the mere mention of his name. How he restored withered limbs. How he healed and restored the lepers. How the crippled souls threw crutches away. How they left Jesus running, skipping, and praising his name. You can't tell me enough about Jesus. How he opened the blind eye with the touch of his finger. How he healed without cost. How he walked on water like a pedestrian on the street. How he spoke with elegance to his enemies and holy boldness to his friends. He spoke peace to a raging storm. How the waves laid down when he said, peace, be still. You can't talk to me enough about Jesus. You just keep walking on the road with our Savior. Don't worry about your yesterdays. See, on your walk, troubles. Troubles may come from your past. But Philippians 3.13 says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Don't worry about your past. You just keep walking and saying, I'm going to hold on to God's unchanging hand. I'm on my way, Lord. Stop looking back. Genesis 19:26 says, but his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Don't look back. Look at today and look at your tomorrow and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm on my way, Lord. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. See, we've been broken at one point in life and time or another. But remember, regardless if we've been broken or not, a broken crown can steal color. Say, thank you, Jesus. I'm holding on, Lord. Say, thank you, Lord, for my journey. Thank you, Lord, for my ups. Thank you, Lord, for my downs. Thank you, Lord, for my good days. And thank you for your mercy on my bad. You said, Father, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, while I'm walking, I just want to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your suffering. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you, Father, so that we could have a right to the tree of life. See, life will bring you down. Life will beat you down if you allow it. Don't look back. 
Don't worry about what's behind you. Look forward to what God has in store for you. You just hold on to God's unchanging hand. And I know in life there's times where our plate, our plate gets full. I think about John 5.24. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death unto life. Don't worry about your yesterdays. Focus on your tomorrows. This verse, this verse reminds me of a talk that I had with a dear departed uncle. My uncle was a a church-going man. He was a powerful preacher, a powerful man of God. And they had sent him home to wither because he had found out that he had cancer. They gave him six months to live. But he fought that cancer for 26 years. I came home one day, and we were in the yard, and he was so full of the Holy Ghost, and he was telling me about a sermon that he had heard. He was all worked up, and he said, I wish, I wish that I could remember in the way that the preacher had given the message. He had given it, but son, I just wish that I could remember it. He said, he said there was a dinner table in heaven one day, and at the head of the table sat God the Father. And on one side of him sat old man time, and beside him sat death. And on the other side of God the Father sat grace. And beside grace, mercy. And on the other end of the table, facing God the Father, sat the Son, Jesus. And on this day, God the Father said, I don't know what I'm going to do with man. I've given them life, and they still don't believe. I've flooded the earth, and they still believe. I just don't know what I'm I'm going to do to convince man to turn from their wicked way. And while they were at the table, old man time said, Father, you give them to me. You've given them more than enough time. Allow me to go down and end all, end all time. And old man death said, go And let me just touch them, Father. Let me go down and and just touch their souls. But grace said, don't allow old man time and death to go. Grace said, Father, man is blind right now and cannot see. Mercy, mercy chimed in and said, Father, I agree with grace. Father, the lost sheep right now and just can't find their way. And at that time, Jesus sitting across from the Father 
spoke up and said, Father, send me. Send me, Father. I'll go. And I want to take grace, and I want to take your mercy with me. I'll be the shepherd of the flock through your grace and through your mercy. You see, at times, I imagine the Father's plate was full. It made me think about the plate that we carry around every day, worrying about our yesterdays, worrying about our past. We put it on the plate, and we move a little further. How we can not only get full of life's challenges, but we can get overwhelmed. We all know that life has a way of pulling at you. And as soon as you think you've gotten over one hurdle or one obstacle, here comes another. So while you're sitting back trying to figure out how to fix it or handle it, you put it on your plate and you walk a little further. But hold on. See, I would go as far to say that at times in our lives, we feel as though we can't handle anything else on our plate. That if one more thing is going to cause us to lose our mind. But just hold on. I can even say that there has been times that we couldn't handle it anymore and we just break down and get on bended knees with tears flowing from the wells of our eyes. We sit back and, and we think about what we have to deal with, and we, we sit back and, and we deal with who said this and what they're doing and how I'm going to make ends meet. This one is sick and, and that one is passed on and the worries and the stress. But I, when I look to my left, and I see grace, and, and, and when I look to my right, and I see mercy, hold on to God's unchanging hand. See, your plate is full, and you've come to your end's means. You're tired of trying to figure out ways to get everything done. You make one step forward just to make two back. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Things, sometimes things come up and you can't take it anymore. And then I sit back and, and I think about the scripture that says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him, hold on to God's unchanging hand. It makes me stop and think about all the turmoil, all the trials, all the tribulations on our plates, all the pain, all the hurt, all the suffering on our plates, all the sleepless nights, all the worry all the tears that we shed on our plate. 
and I decided I was going to turn my plate over to Jesus. See, I heard someone say, I met a man one day. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. See, for all of my trials and all of my tribulations, I remember grace on my lap. For all of the suffering, for all of the pain, for all of the hurt, for all of the sleepless nights, I remember mercy on my right side. I decided I'm going to scrape all of my burdens off of my plate. All of my words off of my plate. All of the sicknesses off of my plate. And then I'm going to use my tears that's running from the wells of mine eyes. And I'm going to wash my plate clean. When I sit back and, and I think about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I got my plate clean. I want to put a little of God's grace on my plate. I'm going to sit back and, and think about all of the pain, all of the trials, and all of my tribulations that I scraped off. I'm going to put grace right there. I sit back and I'm going to think about all of my lost loved ones, all of my suffering all of my hurt and all of my danger that I scraped off of my plate. And I'm going to put mercy on the right side of my plate. David said in Psalms, Oh, how great is your grace. John 1:14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. John 1.17 says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came from Jesus Christ. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. And then I want to put a little mercy, a little mercy on the other side of my plate. David said in Psalms 94.18, when I said my foot slipped, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. He said in Psalms 100, verse 5, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. But I got grace on one side. And I got mercy on the other. But in the middle, in the middle of our place, I want to fill it up with Jesus Christ, the man that bled, the man that slept, the man that died for me, the man that bled, the man that slept, and the man that died for you. So we could have a right 
to the tree of life. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. I sit back and I think about the name above every name. He's pulled us from dark places and troublesome roads. For every time we were burdened down and couldn't find our way, Jesus Christ, he reached down and picked us up. I'm going to put Jesus Christ on my plate. When we call, call on his name, he answered our cry. He's a burden bearer and a heavy load lifter, a bridge over troubled waters. When troubles came knocking, he said, test, he said, test, he said, test all your cares on him. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. When we're confused, he says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. He said, he who drinks of this water shall receive everlasting life. When we get time, Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. When we seem to be lost, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. My sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about the trials. Don't worry about your tribulation. Don't worry about the suffering. Don't worry about the hurt. Don't worry about those trials and those tribulations. You got grace on one side. You got mercy on the other. But remember, in the center, you got Jesus Christ. We were bought with a price. He hung and died so we could have a right. So when problems come along in our lives, call on Jesus. When things can't get right, call on Jesus. When you hear the, the new norm, call on Jesus. 
when they tell you that your child, your loved one is sick, call on Jesus. Look at grace and look at mercy. Call on Jesus. That name above every name. He's the light of the world, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Emmanuel, the way, the truth, and the life. He lives in you. He lives in me. Call on Jesus. Apostle Mercer said something early. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I shall be in the midst. Look around to your sisters. Look around to your brothers in Christ, where two or three are gathered in my name. He says, I shall be in the midst. You sit back and you think about all the things that the Lord has done for And all we have to do is close our eyes and think about Jesus. All we need is a touch from Jesus. We're all sinners saved by grace. He changes our wrongs and our lives and makes them right. And we all stand in the need of prayer. But when we call on him, we have confidence. We know that he's there. He reaches his hand down, and he pulls us through. All we have to do is hold on, unchanging hand. Father God, thank you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All we need is a touch from you, Lord. Just a touch. A touch from you. Father, we're all, all of your saints of God. We need you, Lord, and we need you right now. Everyone is going through something in their life. Father God, forgive us for our wrong, Lord. Forgive us when we judge one another. Because we don't know that other saint's story. We don't know what they're going through. Only you, Father. Turn us where we'll be. Stand us up, Father, upright when we can't stand on our own. Guide us, Lord, our every footstep because we need you, Lord. Give us strength to hold on to your unchanging hand. Father God, you said in your word, 
All we needed was faith the size of a seed of mustard. Father God, be with us, Lord. Let your grace and your mercy rain down on us, Father. For we need you. We need you, Lord, right now. Be with us, God. Keep us so we shall be kept. Guide us so we shall be guided. We need you, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And right now, what I would like to do, I would like to have a little communion. A little communion this morning. So we can take everyone. We can all be on the same accord. with our hearts and our minds on our Lord and our At this time, I would like for you to get your cup. I would like for you to get your drink so we can be blessed. I would like for you to get your bread so we can be blessed. So we can have communion. We need it right now, Lord. And while you're doing that, while you're getting your cup, while you're getting your stuff, while you're getting your bread, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians to give you time to get everything together. 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, starting at the 17th verse, reads, Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together, not the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions amongst you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry, and another is drunk. What? What do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. Now the word says, For I receive it from the Lord, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he 
was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as as you drink in remembrance of me. Let us pray, O Father God. We start a new covenant with you, Lord, today. Thanking you, Father, for waking us up this morning with our hearts in rhythm and our minds on thee. Father God, let us eat this bread, drink this wine, not only in remembrance of thee, but to cast away all of our trials and all of our tribulations in a sea of a forgetfulness so we can wipe our plates clean of our past but fill our plates with your grace, your mercy, and you, Father. In the name of in the name of Amen. Amen. Now let us eat together as we eat for bread. Amen. Amen. Now let us sup together with our cup as we drink our wine. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, He had given thanks. He broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Amen. 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 And remember, don't worry about your yesterdays. Don't worry about the ups or the downs, what you've been through, that's your past. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. He'll never leave you. 
nor forsake you. Don't get overwhelmed. You have grace on one side. You have mercy on the other. And you have Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost that lives within each and every one of us. Everyone. Lean on God's grace, God's mercy, and hold on to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, as we have benediction this morning, I want you to open up your hearts. And if you have a loved one with you, hold on to their hand. And if they're not with you, grab their spirit and wrap your arm around Jesus. Glory to God. Now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all of the saints of God say amen, amen, and amen again. Thank you for blessing my soul this morning, and I hope and I pray that I test. Some father's boy, some mother's child, to ask, what must I do to be saved? Hold on to God's unchanging. Apostle Mercer, you have blessed me this morning, and I want to thank you once again. Bless your heart. God bless you too, Reverend Lucas. Truly, that was an awesome word from God. I'm in awe right now how God does things, that his grace puts you in a position of authority, had you to connect with leaders all over this United States and probably the world. I'm sure you can't share everything. But to know that there are people in position of authority that can show mercy to our um, individuals, to our immigrants, and to show there's people in high places that can really hear you and see what can be done to make the crooked straight. God is such a good God, such an awesome God. I thank you for your time, how you've come on the radio with us, and how you have shared your experience, the Word of God, Uh, Mother Lucas, we thank you for just being an intercessor and praying with us on the fivefold ministry. 
Reverend Lucas, we want you to continue to be our guest and to come on. So many people was curious about you. They wanted an interview. So thank you for sharing that information that God sits high. He had people in position to make a difference in our lives. God bless you. Truly, we thank you so much. Do you have any closing remarks you would like to say before we close our, our radio broadcast for today? Just remember, each and every one of us have something in common. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us have our own story to tell. And we can't judge one another. Everyone does not think the way that you think. They don't think the way that I may think. But again, the one common denominator was our Lord and Savior, Jesus. We're here to help one another. And just remember, you don't know my story. Say that to yourself. You don't know my story. Oftentimes we're misunderstood. Sometimes we're misguided. But we don't know their story. We can't judge. All we can do as Christians is do our best every day that God gives us the opportunity. We live our lives for Christ. The Bible says, today is the day that the Lord hath made. And as Christians, we shall, we shall rejoice in it. Live your life for Christ. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hold on just a little while longer. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Everything's going to be all right. Apostle Mercer, thank you so much. You've humbled me and you've blessed my soul. You've blessed my soul this morning. I look forward to meeting you again. You take care of yourself and you be blessed. Be blessed. Thank you, now. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. And my soul, my soul says amen. Ma'am, you have a wonderful day. And take care. Amen. And God bless you and your family. And we give all praises to God. Thank you for your time today. You've been listening to Reverend... Raymond Lucas on the Fivefold Ministry broadcast, and you can hear him once and he comes on the radio station to grace us with the word of God. Thank you again, sir. Have a nice day. You too, ma'am. Be blessed. Amen. Amen.